The scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter, verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life, in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Throughout creation, living creatures seem to gravitate toward each other. It's like they they don't want to be alone. They, they need to be with other creatures, especially creatures that might be like themselves. Such animal groupings have different names. For instance, we, we talk about a group of birds as a flock of birds or a herd of buffalo. We speak of a parade of elephants or a school of fish, a gaggle of geese or a tower of giraffes. That seems appropriate, doesn't it? A tribe of goats or a band of gorillas. I, I sometimes wonder uh, what kind of band do gorillas uh, play in. Anyway, we also speak of a litter of kittens or litter of puppies, a pride of lions or a colony of rabbits and a gang of turkeys, a pod of whales or a pack of wolves. Well, the same can be true of human beings. Humans gather in groupings like gangs or on college campuses, fraternities or sororities. People of like interest join clubs and get together in that way, or maybe by birth they belong to a tribe. Maybe they join a school or a team for athletic purposes, or maybe just to have similar interests, maybe to work on a project together. Much like becoming a part of a tribe by birth sometimes we're we're members of a family maybe that family is one that's not by birth but, but maybe by choice too there there are classes of people that come together and geographically people gather as nations or again by birth maybe because of their race or or by their interests, especially spiritual interests, they, they join together in religions or political parties. Social networks draw people into groupings, and, and so it is with associations. And the list can go on and on. 
just as nature abhors a vacuum, it seems like nature abhors isolated creatures or hermits. Why? Why do we want others? Why, why, why are we so, so, you know, afraid to be alone? Now, some possibilities might include their safety in numbers. You know, members of a group can protect other members, and so you can rely on other members to protect you. And, and in fact, when there are greater numbers that come together, that larger group can defend itself against a, a smaller grouping of enemies. And in fact, the, the very whole, the, the whole group can appear larger than one particular unit, and so it might appear to be a single unit. In, in a way, that's what you would probably call camouflage. Individual members begin to blend in and almost seem to disappear as this larger unit is created. It, it also, out of this camouflage, can create a, a sense of anonymity. One can be alone without really being alone. Maybe we come together in groupings so that we can divide up the labor. You know, maybe some can provide for food while others can provide for the shelter. Still others could perhaps raise the young while others provide the provisions that are needed. In, in every gathering, there always seems to be a leader, though, doesn't there? Even though these leaders can be very different, the styles can be different, often leaders in, in animal groupings tend to be male, like the alpha male or a bull. But it's not always that way. You have the queen bee that's in charge of the hive. Among human beings, leaders sometimes are determined by birth, like a king or queen. But sometimes, because the group is so afraid of some enemy out there, they're willing to give up some of their own freedoms and appoint a sort of dictator, if you will. Other groupings kind of decide together about a leader. We elect presidents or premiers or prime ministers. Jesus called himself the Good Shepherd, distinguishing his type of leadership and making it clear that he was not like a hired hand, as we read about in verse 12 of our lesson. The hired hand is one who leaves the sheep when the wolf comes. The hired hand is not like the good shepherd because the hired hand doesn't really care about the sheep. Whereas the good shepherd is one who's willing to lay down his very life for the sheep. We have kind of a romantic kind of vision or version of of shepherds we when we think of shepherds we we kind of imagine the the children at 
around Christmas time in the Christmas pageant, coming down the church aisle, wearing their bathrobes and cloth over their heads and carrying sticks to be the the shepherds of the play. They're so cute and almost cuddly, but but the shepherds in Jesus' day were far more than that. They were tough. Uh, they often did not uh, stay in the villages. They slept among the sheep out in the fields, always ready to protect the sheep from wild animals, predators, or even those who might come to steal them. They were a tough lot. Jesus makes it clear what kind of leader he's going to be. He makes it clear in verse 17, I lay down my life in order to take it up again. It's a choice that he makes. He chooses to be the kind of leader who's willing to give himself up for the sake of the sheep. And why? So there will be one flock, one shepherd, he says in verse 16. He also makes it clear that this one flock has other sheep. Now, he's probably talking to a Jewish crowd, either his disciples or those who simply are willing and able to listen. It's clear that when he speaks of other sheep, he's he's really speaking of Gentiles. He's speaking of the rest of the world, really, anyone who's not of the Jewish faith. It is precisely these other sheep that the Apostle Paul would later spend his life trying to reach. However, if you think about it, the other sheep for Jesus, well, they were, they were more particularly including the outcasts of society, like the Samaritans. Jesus was more than willing to sit at the well with the woman of Samaria to offer her living water. He treated her like he would treat anyone else. The Samaritans were the hated enemies of the Jews. They were the ones who dared to intermarry with the Assyrians when the hated Assyrians conquered Jerusalem and and took back many of the Jewish people into their own homeland into exile. The Samaritans were those who intermarried with the Assyrians or some of the foreigners that they brought in to the region. And because they could no longer worship at the temple in Jerusalem, they set up another place of worship on Mount Gerizim. So the Jewish people saw them as turncoats, as people who had turned their backs on God. And so they hated them. Jesus also cared for lepers while the rest of society was putting them into colonies, separating them out of fear that somehow their leprosy would would spread to them. He cared for tax collectors, those who had chosen to work for Rome. Oh, how they were hated by the Jewish people of his day. He stood between those who raised stones and the adulteress. He cared for the lame and the blind, while others considered them cursed of God. He treated women like equals as they were. He cared for children and called on his disciples to let them come to him. 
He even cared for criminals who died on crosses on either side of him. Well, the question is, who are the other sheep for us? In antebellum south, slaves worshipped in the balconies of our churches, often chained to the floor. Are they the other sheep? In my lifetime, blacks were barred from white churches. Ushers would actually stand at the door, making sure that none would enter. In my first church, when we built a new sanctuary, there were those in the church who didn't want the the Koreans who were worshiping in our fellowship hall to to worship in our sanctuary. It became a a major controversy in the church. We had to have a special called meeting of our church council to to come to terms with what we would do, ultimately making a unanimous decision to allow the Korean Americans in our sanctuary to worship on Sunday afternoon. But it seems clear to me that at some point in those deliberations, we saw these Koreans in our midst as other sheep. It's not really easy for me to admit, but in my family, there was a couple who had a daughter. They were white. And she married a man who was black. Her parents, at that point, simply disowned her. It was as if she did not exist. They didn't speak to her, and they would not speak of her with anyone else in the family. When when the daughter divorced from this marriage, she was somehow miraculously welcomed back into the family. She ended up remarrying, herself divorced, married a man who was himself divorced. That seemed fine, but marrying a man of a different race was not. Who do you think the other sheep would be for them? It reminds me a little bit of Tevier in Fiddler on the Roof. Remember how he had several daughters and one married a a man outside the Jewish faith. And he really struggled with his love for his daughter and yet his disdain for this new relationship. Think about pre-colonial Boston. Women caught in adultery were branded by having to wear a scarlet letter A on their chest. Today, we're really no better. We brand ex-offenders by denying them job opportunities. Who indeed are our other sheep? A number of years ago, a United Methodist Church in Richmond erected a billboard that read something like this. All thieves, prostitutes, adulterers, and sinners welcome here. (laughs) Needless to say, the pastor was almost run out of the church by members who thought the billboard reflected badly on themselves. I guess they didn't see themselves as sinners. The sign was really only saying what this other sign says. Imperfect people welcome here. 
you'll be in good company. I, I wonder how nervous this next sign would make you feel if it were outside our church. Everyone is welcome here at this church. Drunks, drug addicts, prostitutes, adulterers, men sleeping with men, women sleeping with women, whoremongers, and all sinners are welcome in love in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> I guess that would be a bit controversial here as well. But doesn't this list represent all the other sheep that Jesus is talking about? In the 1996 Disney movie, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, a, a deformed cathedral bell ringer by the name of Quasimodo is taunted by the public and all but imprisoned in the, in the church by the evil, minister of just, the evil minister of justice, Judge Frollo. An illegal immigrant and gypsy named Esmeralda comes to his rescue and herself is confined in the cathedral, partly to escape the clutches of Judge Frollo. While she's in the church, she, she has a kind of an inspirational moment, and she sings a prayer to God. The prayer is called, God Help the Outcasts. Let's listen to her prayer. Or if you were even there I don't know if you would listen To a gypsy's prayer Yes, I know I'm just an outcast I shouldn't speak to you Still I see your face and wonder Were you once an outcast too? Children 
Jesus is the answer to Esmeralda's prayer. He said, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. If Jesus says there are other sheep who belong to his flock, then the least we can do is invite them into the fold. Let us pray. O God, forgive us. Forgive us for closing the gate to the fold, allowing other sheep to remain outside. Help us to open our arms as you opened yours on the cross and help us to welcome all your children into the fold. Amen.